that talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome to Buckeye Talk. Here we are on the eve of the national championship game. I'm Nathan Baird from Cleveland.com. He's Doug Maurice and he's Stephen Means. Stephen and I are, as you're listening to this, in some fashion, en route to Miami on Sunday to cover Ohio State against Alabama for the national championship. Doug will be covering from his basement per usual. It's worked out well for the Buckeyes so far. They are undefeated with him watching the game and eating chilies in his basement. So uh, Ryan Day and Gene Smith, he was going to go, and then they called and said, no, please stay home. It's really for our benefit, not yours. And I, I told Gene I need like a $3 coupon for off an app at Chili's to get me to stay in. He had one, so we're good to go. What were what, what you going for? Uh, I usually get this uh, buffalo chicken salad, and then I get uh, Southwest egg rolls as the app. Mm. Southwest egg rolls. But the problem is when you get the Southwest egg rolls for takeout, they don't cut them in half diagonally, and they're just a big tube, the whole tube, yeah. and it's not as a, much of a pleasing presentation, but they still taste good. Are you guys go-to guys at restaurants? Like you get the same thing every time you go to a specific restaurant, or you switch it up? Most of the time I get the same thing, which mm-hmm. is as much as I talk about chilies, I mostly get the same thing all the time, but I also like the chips and salsa there. Mm. See, that's where we need to have like a two hour long podcast debate about why the chilies chips and salsa suck. Wow. The salsa's thin. The chips. I like the chips. They're like freshly cooked though. I do like the chips. You don't like the chips. I don't. They're like very brittle. There's nothing mm-hmm. there. They don't have any taste. Like I want authentic Mexican like taqueria chips. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I understand that it's not the best chips, but I think it's uh, in the whole package. The whole package together works pretty well. It gets the job done, but I'm not, you know. Riveting conversation here. I'm glad that we took this, you know, again, 24 hours away from a national championship game, and we just drove this right into the nonsense ditch right at the start of this episode of Buckeye Talk. But we are going to talk football. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about Urban Meyer, I think, at the end of this podcast, just kind of setting the stage of what we think could be going on there and what it means for Ohio State. But we wanted to talk about the national championship game itself. And we've talked about it from a bunch of angles this week. We did two different podcasts where we went into the interviews that we had with Ohio State and Alabama coaches and players. We had uh, um, Michael Casagrande from AL.com on the show to talk about the Alabama side of things, break that down. I feel like we've gone into that into depth pretty well on this game. But we wanted to kind of do it in a fun way. So we're turning to our friends – I call them my friends. I use them a lot uh, on the things that I reference when I'm writing about the, the point spread and stuff. Uh, oddshark.com. You can find these at other places. But we're going to use oddshark.com. It's the prop bets for the national championship game. For people who don't know this, it's, I think it's more associated with the Super Bowl. Like you, you, you'll go to maybe a Super Bowl party and everybody throws in a dollar or five dollars or whatever. And you fill out a sheet of the prop bets for that night's game. And it's basically like the probabilities that certain things are going to happen. And that it, it covers everything from how many points might get scored or how those points will get scored to uh, in the case of, I didn't find this on this one, in the case of Super Bowl, like the, the length of the national anthem is always a big one. Um, you're, you're betting over under usually on a number and whether it's going to be more or less longer or shorter, that sort of thing. Um, it's a lot of individual stuff, a lot of team stuff. And we thought that would be a fun way to kind of encapsulate this. I thought maybe we should, we could, we can take score of this. We can keep track of this and then we can add this to um, like an extra game into the, the standings if we want to for that we've kept all season if, if we wanted to. 
Uh, oh, yeah, I wanna... forgot to add up if Stevens ahead. But yeah, we could do that. That should count. We don't want to spoil the sanctity of that. That's that is uh, that's serious stuff. We don't want to. I wouldn't want that to be what decided this. I suppose, but. So we're going to start by going through uh, some of the what they call the exotics, and these are not maybe your your standard bet. You know, a normal bet might be, oh, what's going to be the total points scored in the game. The the exotic version of that would be, I'll ask the question right away. Um, will both teams score at least thirty points? Yes is the favorite at minus one fifty five, meaning you would have to put up one hundred fifty five dollars to win a hundred. No is the underdog at plus one fifteen. Which do you guys think is the smarter bet there. Yes, would be the smarter bet. I think, you know, these are two highly explosive offenses. Yeah, I, I don't – I can't imagine wasting money on the other bet. I, I it would just take an odd because it's either, like – Will both teams score at least 30? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I still think 30 is not a high number for that. So – and I don't think it's going to be one of those shootouts where it's like, 52 28 which isn't a shootout like that one score one team goes nuts and the other team can't keep up at all actually which would sort of be like like the ohio state clemson game right exactly. that 49 28 yeah. that's the only way i think you would and it's all about balance of what what odds are you getting that's the only scenario that you would have in your head to say yes i do think there is a scenario where one of the teams won't score 30 but i just don't think that's on the table i, I don't think it's going to be 49 28 i think both in the 30s so i'd bet that yeah, I, I wanted to bring that one up because I thought it gave us some context for the other side of it, which is, will either team score 50 or more points? And the no is the favorite here at minus 250. So again, you'd have to bet 250 to make 100. And yes is plus 170. So if you bet 100, you'd win 170. So that's actually kind of a, a fairly big disparity saying um, that right now, and again, they're going by just the t- statistics of this. And I don't know if there's been a national championship game yet where someone has scored 50. There have been a lot of scores in the 40. I had this in a story that I wrote the other day. I can't remember if there's been one that got to 50 yet. But it's, it's rare because usually these teams can play defense too. So I don't know which one I would take there. I, I picked a final score for people who listen to our picks pod. I picked 47-44. So I guess if I were putting money on this, I would, I would take the plus 170. Steven, you picked both teams to reach the 50s. So I guess you would be betting mm-hmm. the, um, the shorter side of this and – I think it's an interesting bet because I, I like that plus 170 odds. I mean, I, I think that that's a really good number because both of these teams, if you're expecting it to be a shootout, I think that's almost a number that you have to throw a little bit of money on. Winning team in the national championship game in the playoff era scored 42, 45, 35, 26 in overtime, 44 and 42. So LSU with that crazy offense last year got to 42. I was almost going to say only 42. Um, but I like the risk of this. I do think the odds are in your favor to say, yeah, the, the winning team gets over 50. I don't know if I had made a pick, if I would have picked over 50, but I think it's the bet to make for sure on this. It's not outrageous. And like you said, to win 170 off a hundred dollar bet, I think, I mean, Steven picked it. I think there's a, a decent chance of it. Yeah. I think just thinking back on some of those games, the 2018 Clemson national championship against Alabama. I mean, they were up by so much that you probably started having a little bit of clock management there. And then kind of the same thing last year where both teams got got off to a slow start. But the way these offenses kind of operate, there's going to be pressure to continue to get scoring in a way that maybe you haven't seen in the other national championships, especially in the playoff era. So Odd Shark doesn't have this, but I thought it would be interesting. There may be some other site that has it. Is somebody taking a bet on will both teams score one fi- over 50 or both teams score at least 50? 
And would you take uh, that bet? Like, what what, what would it have to that. be? Uh, that that's hard. I mean, that, that, I mean, you're getting into an area there where it's like I don't even. I mean, how many possessions do you have to have? You've got to have some short right. possessions. I mean, that's what's is your, that's game. your score. Is your you were fifty five? Yeah, 50? I was fifty five fifty. I think, which is obviously an exaggerated, but I think it's possible because I just you have to be extremely explosive, both teams, in order to do it. And I think you're right. There has to be some short possessions, but. Let's just, I mean, the passing games here can create short possessions if you're throwing 40 and 50-yard bombs down the field. It's possible. But this was a point that I made the other night. The reason Ohio State scored 49 points the other night, and I know that they didn't score it in the last however many minutes, but the reason they got to 49 the way they did and got control of the game and that changes somewhat how you play after that was because of those three straight possessions in a row where Clemson didn't have the ball very long and got it right back to Ohio State and Ohio State scored. And that sometimes – sometimes the game can be even more of a shootout and neither team could even get the 49 points in some ways. You know what I mean? Because both teams are driving the length of the field, taking more time with their offenses. And Ohio State in that period where they were getting the Clemson stops, they were putting some drives together that ate up a little bit of clock. Yeah. Too, that they were – I don't remember – I don't have it in front of me. I was going to look it up. I mean, they had some four- and five-minute, maybe six-minute drives in there that I don't think – I don't think that's the order of the day. I don't think that everybody's going to be exchanging eight-minute drives in this game. But I also don't know. I mean, it's almost if you're if you're getting over a hundred, if you're getting both teams in the fifties, I almost sometimes it's like, is there does Devonte Smith have a special teams touchdown? You know, is there a is there a pick six? Yeah, you know that kind of stuff can help you get to that point. If it's two unstoppable offenses that are marching, you're not going to get to both teams to fifty. Right, you're going to need a little bit of right. weird stuff. It almost might be like as good as these offenses are. They both might be too good that you're not going to get to 50. If you know what I mean, exactly. Because they're going to control yeah. the ball. They're going to run the ball while they throw it. It's not only deep bombs. There will be some, or they're going. There's going to be some 50 and 60 yard, 70 yard touchdowns in this game. I think that's one of the one of the over unders too. Longest touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, I would bet that there are long touchdowns, but I don't know if there'll be enough long touchdowns to get both teams in the 50s. And, and the other thing that's going to happen sometimes is what happened in the Clemson game. Ohio State got the ball to start the second half, drove down, and didn't get points. Like They drove all the way down to the red zone yeah. and threw an interception. So you got to account for that sort of thing happening, like empty time in the game that doesn't yield points directly for that team. So I, 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 I'm, I'm, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I think I might be right that it could be hard for either of these teams to get 50 just because the other offense is so good and, and can't be interrupted the way maybe Ohio State did to Clemson in the last game. Um, these get kind of progressively weirder, but this one's still another pretty normal one. Devontae Smith, total touchdowns. Right now it's minus 130 for him to go over one and a half touchdowns, so basically two or more, and minus 110 to be under 1.5 touchdowns. So number one, that tells you that everyone expects him to score at least one touchdown. Uh, there's hardly they're – really, they're not offering any odds that he wouldn't score. Um, I guess they are. I guess they're saying under 1.5 could be zero, but um, – Which side of that would you guys take? Over just because he averages more than a touchdown and a half a game. I don't know. I don't know Ohio State's plan to stop him. I mean, a lot of this is luck, right? I mean, like sometimes it's like you know you get tackled at the two yard line or something, and someone vultures your touchdown. But I do think there's going to be enough big plays in this game, and I do think he will have the ability to turn short throws into big gains and get in the end zone that way um, that I do think I would take, I would take the over on this 
He had three touchdowns against Notre Dame. He had two against Florida in the SEC championship. He had, let's see, he's had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games this year where he had two touchdowns or more, where he would hit the over on this. So that's how effective he's been. But I will say the other side of this is a lot of those came after Jalen Waddle won out. So there's the return. How much do you think Jalen Waddle's going to play? Does that take away from Devontae Smith in any way? Because like the first three games of the year, he had zero, one, and one touchdown catches. And then now he's the guy and now he goes nuts. And now the other guy might be coming back. I'd still go over though. I think he scores twice. You know, to me, I think this lets us talk about the, the Jalen Waddle usage, potential usage in an interesting way, because if you were Alabama, it's hard for me to believe that he comes back and plays a full game at strength at, and being not, you know what I mean? Like getting a full complement of reps, having not played in two months or more and being able to just go back out there on the field and, and get going and, and it'd be all of himself. So wouldn't you, I, I almost think if I'm Alabama, I use him in red zone situations. I use him maybe on third downs. I'm picking my spots where I use him at least early in the game uh, because you don't want to like put him out there on maybe the first play of the game. And then he gets, he re-injures the foot, like blocking on the other side of the field or whatever. Like, I don't, did you get any, you didn't get any usage out of him. You didn't get like, what was the point? Um, I guess the other side of it is you, you, you maybe you think you're not going to have him anyway. So anything you get is a bonus, but I would still maybe pick my spots and just use him in the most advantageous situations. I think his, I think if he plays it just, he doesn't have to really do anything, especially in that first or second quarter. He just is out there and he's automatically a threat because he's Jalen Waddle. No different than when Chris Olave wasn't out there in the Big Ten championship game. That's a threat you didn't have to worry about. And him just being on the field opened some things up for Garrett Wilson. Him just being on the field makes it, even if it's only 2% more easier for Devontae Smith, it's 2% less he has to deal with because you now have to worry about Jalen Waddle. So I think it, it helps to have that type of threat out there. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's going to play and probably be pretty important, but yeah. who knows? I don't, I don't know. It's a guess. All right, here's some of the fun ones. Which will be said first? There are three different bets, and I think they're all pretty fun. Uh, Heisman is the favorite at minus 300. Lawrence is the underdog plus 200. Which gets said first on the broadcast? Steven? this one shouldn't be difficult but it is i'll go heisman just because they'll say that it'll probably be in like the opening montage that they show before game start they'll show they'll show heisman stuff and they probably will will not even mention lawrence until maybe the second quarter but he might get mentioned more but he won't be first i don't know i could see very i could see in the same montage being something about ohio state with all its adversity still just just uh, smashed clemson and trevor lawrence and so Heisman runner-up Trevor Lawrence. So it, com- it comes down to wh- which team gets featured first in the montage. Maybe. It's hard because uh, Trevor Lawrence is, like, kind of connected to both teams. And I guess you could talk about the Heisman in terms of, like, Justin Fields wasn't a Heisman finalist, but he played like one last week kind of thing. I think I might make the Lawrence bet because I do think if they lead with Ohio State – they would say Trevor Lawrence and not say Heisman. If they lead with Alabama, they'll probably say Heisman before Lawrence when they talk about Alabama, but they still, there's still a way to sort of work Trevor Lawrence in somewhere, you know, that like these are the three teams and 
you know, Clemson has a history with Alabama. So um, I would pick, I would bet on, on Lawrence on this one. Maybe it's even almost like a one shining moment thing where they first, they talk about like Notre Dame and Clemson had great season. I mean, neither one of them are here tonight because these are the two teams playing for the national championship. So again, it's not which necessarily even just which one you think actually will get said first. It's like, you have to factor in those odds. And for Alabama, you've got to, or for Heisman, I should say, you have to put up 300 to make a hundred. And for the other one, you don't have to put a hundred to make two. So I think I'm with Doug. I think I would probably take, the the Lawrence side of this just because I, I like those odds. Um, which one will be said first? Buckeyes is minus one thirty. Tide is minus one ten. I don't know if that includes. I don't know if that includes commercials. What if there's a Tide commercial right before they start the broadcast? This is just flipping a coin. There's no there's no analysis of this. What does it even mean? I mean that's I just, a. What's the analysis? There's no I analysis. I think Buckeyes probably rolls off the tongue better than Tide does, and they'll probably just say Alabama. That's what I'm betting on. Or Bama. There's, yeah, because that's the thing. Like, there is – I guess you could say OSU, but I don't think people nationally say OSU. I think they say Ohio State or they say Buckeyes. I think people talk about Alabama or they talk about Bama. That might be your first nickname on second reference. That's my analysis. <laughs> you want an analysis? There it no, is. No, I didn't. I didn't want analysis. I don't think it's interesting. <laughs> So I'd rather talk about football. I, I mean, I, uh, I, I don't know. The last which will be said first. Uh, Dabo is minus 300, the favorite. Urban, the underdog, plus 200. Oh, I think that is Urban. Yeah. For sure. Especially if he's in the building. Oh, they're going to put a camera on him just like they did with the Sugar Bowl. I think there are a lot of ways to talk about Urban, but I think there, I think one of the early reference points, I mean, like the, the biggest reference point between the teams is six years ago, Nick Saban faced Urban Meyer, two yep. SEC rivals, and Urban Meyer took him down. Now Nick Saban is back, but there's a new leader of the, you know, I just, I think Urban is all over the place on this. And it's not, and, but, and it's not like the first reference to Urban is going to be like, oh, by the way, Urban might be the coach of the Jaguars. Like, I think that Urban, the, the shadow of Urban, as much as I think the shadow of Urban in a lot of ways has dissipated at Ohio State for Ohio State fans. Ohio State fans are past the point of sitting around and thinking about Urban Meyer. This is Ryan Day's program. It's Urban Meyer left a lot, but Ryan Day, two years in, one loss, Ryan Day's the guy. But nationally, when you are trying to sell this game to a national audience, and it's what we talked about before, the national audience does not know Ryan Day. So the way that you, like, introduce Ryan Day on a national stage like this, and I know they were in the playoff last year, and I know they played the Ohio State-Michigan game last year, and Ryan Day is a big part of that. But I think you, they absolutely will grab Urban and use him in the context of the coaching matchup I think that it's impossible for them to set up the coaching matchup without saying Urban's name. Dabo is just more about weasel talk. Like, it's yeah. just like, if like you, they could, hey. If they say something about the, the number 11 thing, um, inspiring That's them. Not- but, it, but it has to be said. They have to say Dabo. It can't just be uh, they're showing a montage of the other of the semifinals and you see him like shaking his head and, and at, at one of the touchdowns or whatever it has to be said. So I, I absolutely, I would smash urban plus 200 here. Especially when that storyline probably isn't relevant to this game anymore. That was more of a thing a week ago. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Um, most of these were like kind of good natured. This one uh, rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. Will either starting quarterback not finish the game? 
I think it no. should be taken down. I, no, I don't, that's, I don't even want to talk about it. We're going to let a bunch of old men and old women yeah, and stupid terrible. gamblers and cl- uh, people like us bet on if an amateur 20-year-old is going to get hurt. Screw you, Odd Shark. I suppose you're not necessarily just betting right. on injury, and that's why the odds. I mean, no but is the favorite by minus on? 500. What are you I think on? Maybe, like, okay, for example, just to be positive, to look at an optimistic way of looking at it, when Clemson beat Alabama, Trevor Lawrence did not finish that game. The backup came in, and he was kneeling at the end of the game. So technically, the starting quarterback did not finish the game. But That's not what they mean. No, it's not. That's the point. Yeah, they don't mean that. They just mean it's somebody going to get hurt. What about That's when, a terrible thing to bet on. Like, what about when Tua replaced Jalen Hurts? Like, you get a situation like that, too. You that think Bryce Young's coming in for Mac Jones? Not in this situation, but that's why well, they have that bet listen, on the list. Urban's no, it's not. Done it, they have it on there because Justin Fields took a helmet to his side. Yeah. That's why they have it on there. Yep. They don't have it on there because they think that one of the starting quarterbacks, one of whom finished third in the Heisman, and one of whom finished third in the Heisman last year is going to get benched for a yeah. freshman. That's not what they think. If Nick it's an Saban, injury bet. If Nick Saban does that again, that's – wow. Well, I think, but I'm so I'm saying I think that bet is up there every year. I don't think it's probably up there just for this. I don't know. I haven't. We haven't done this podcast before. I think it's. You're right, but I think it's getting more traction this year, given that what Justin Fields' track history has been like the last couple of weeks. So maybe, it's, but it, I, it, I, I don't like this. Is I don't like pay them, pay the players. Yeah, this I is don't like crap. That. This is the kind of crap that it's like we're gonna gamble. We gamble on their lives. So what? Yeah. So somebody can make money on Justin Fields getting hurt while he plays for free. Burn it all down. How do you celebrate that? It's like, oh, I knew it. I knew he was going to get knocked. You're, how do you celebrate making money like that? Call them. Call Odd Sharks. Ask them why they take bets on amateurs getting hurt. If they're proud to live their lives that way. And then they can give the Jalen Hurts two example. And they can give the, the backup kneeling example. And it's a lie. Let's gamble on amateurs having game-ending injuries. Burn it down. Did not expect that to touch quite that level. How did nerve. you not expect that? Well, I brought it up because, like I said, that I thought it was kind of in bad taste. I just didn't know I expected it to go quite to that level. But, again, I do think it is – again, if they put it up every year when neither quarterback has had injury issues, I don't necessarily have as much of a problem with it. But there's still – but it's still a bet. I mean, it's still an injury bet, whether the guy's coming in with an injury issue or not. It is still primarily an injury bet. Yes, one out of 100 championship games, the season-long starter gets benched at halftime for a freshman. That's not what it is. It's an injury bet. All right. We're going to take a break there. <laughs> Coincidentally. How about we bet on, does anybody at Odd Sharks get a DUI after the game? How about we bet that? Anybody who works there. How about we bet on, does anybody at Odd Shark fall down the steps leaving work? I'll take 10 to 1 odds, and then I'll go push them down the steps and cash my check. Is that we're just going to gamble on people's lives? Like we're just going to be cute and just be like, oh, will a horrible thing happen to someone? Nathan, I don't think they're your buddy. I don't think they're your buddies anymore. Again, I don't, I I don't, I push back on the notion that this is only an injury bet, but I appreciate where you're coming from on this. We're going to talk more of the football bets when we come back from this break on Buckeye Talk. All right. Some less controversial bets on this game that are hanging out there um i mean some of these it's 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 some of these it's interesting to me like what what strategy you would even come up with to bet on certain things highest scoring half 
It's the same first half minus 120, second half and overtime minus 20, 120. So do you look like historically which half has been the highest scoring half? Do you look which team scores more in the first half? I, I, I'm sure that there are some trends out there. Is it just a lot of it's coin flip cost? stuff? The coin flip stuff is like I don't. There's not worth talking about. Who knows? It's not. It's not analysis. I get why people bet, bet on it because they people would bet on coin flips, but some of it is not indicative of anything. It'd be an interesting thing to look up, though. Would it? Would it be? Are you going to spend know. the next 15 minutes looking it up? Is it actually interesting? <laughs> Who's, I don't, no, it's not interesting enough for me to do it right now. I just think it, it would be in championship games. When do teams get going? When do their offenses kind of you know? start clicking but i think it's also it is it, yeah. i think it is also just like that, it, that there's such variance in that i, I can't imagine yeah. there's any there's any trend that follows through every single championship game uh, probably not even who, through any team's season yeah i don't know who has that type of time on their hands so. here's one this one's a little more interesting to me so there's a lot of end of game winning margins i'm not gonna read them all because there's like 12 15 something like that but alabama winning by 43 or more points is plus 1900 Ohio State winning by 43 or more points is plus 10,000. So over five times less likely, according to the, the odds that they're putting up here. I thought that played into a little bit of what we talked about on the picks pod, which was that there is still this narrative out there. Um, narrative is not the right word, but there's still a, a feeling out there among some college football pundits that Alabama may just be poised for a route here and that that is – maybe the one piece of analysis that seems the most wrong. And this is one of the bets like that reflects that a little bit. Um, even Alabama winning by 37 to 42 points is plus 2,500 Ohio state winning by just 37 to 42 points is also plus 10,000. Like people don't think people think it's more likely five times more likely that Alabama destroys Ohio state than the other way around. Yeah, that seems odd to me. And, yeah. and we know Ohio State's like a favorite in the betting public. So it's not just like leaning into like, oh, it's a bunch of Alabama fans and there aren't as many Ohio State fans. That's like a football. That's, people are somehow betting that or basing that like on football analysis of the game. And I agree with you. I, I, would not, I wouldn't bet either, but I, I don't quite understand the idea that it's, that it's five times more likely. Yeah, the, the odds of Ohio State winning by one to six points is plus 750. The odds of Alabama winning by 19 to 24 is plus 900. So close. So it, they, again, that is still, it's, they think it's almost, it's only slightly less likely that Alabama would win comfortably than Ohio State would win at all. I mean, I don't, do people think what they did to Clemson was a fluke? I mean, that offense has been clicking for a while. I mean, it didn't do it in the same game, obviously, but parts of that offense have been clicking all season. I don't, yeah, I don't. But again, that's, that's it's there. you got to look at the other side of it. I think there's people who say Ohio State's defense can't do to Alabama what it did to Clemson. Yeah, yeah I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I think we've established that that we don't quite get what the read is to view these teams in in significantly different ways. Um, when it comes to like blowout ability or offensive ability or defensive vulnerability, I just I, I think. You know, if you want to give Alabama an edge, of course, I get it. Give Alabama an edge. I, I just don't know – I don't know why it leans so hard. So that opens up then if there's bets like this where you can hammer an Ohio State side of thing, not hammer it, but take a risk because it's like, well, what the heck? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, you know that, that's where maybe there's opportunities for Ohio State fans because I think if the overall view is more tilted than we believe it should be. Yeah, I mean, put 20 bucks on plus 10,000 and hope things get weird. I mean, like that's – what what what's the downside of that almost? I mean, I guess there are other things you can do with twenty dollars, 
You can subscribe to Five Months of Buckeye Talk, 614-350-3315. We've had a, a big swell of numbers actually recently, and we really appreciate it. Um, and, and we're excited to keep communicating with everybody here through the weekend and through the national championship game. Uh, the double result, I wanted to bring up just the ones that we took, uh, which is basically you're picking the winner and the cover as kind of two separate bets. So Alabama wins, Alabama covers, or Alabama wins, but Ohio State covers. So uh, Stephen uh, took Ohio State to win and Ohio State to cover because they're the underdog. So that's plus 333. I took Alabama to win, but Ohio State to cover, and that's plus 1,000. So I, I like those. I like, I like my bet there. I like getting the, the three times as, as likely that um, Alabama wins, but Ohio State covers. Yeah, I like that bet. That's a good bet. Yeah. Makes me want to change my pick, but we already recorded the pod. <laughs> well, there's well, different we difference between yet. what you pick and what you bet, too. That's true. That's true. Uh, longest touchdown in this game. Over 67 and a half yards is minus 115. Under 67 and a half yards is minus 125. So they, they both of them basically saying, like, there's going to be a long touchdown in this game. Which one is more likely? I think I would probably take over because you're actually getting you're actually getting better money there yeah the over's worth it it's i mean it's a it's a 10 point difference that's worth it i mean it's hard you know that's a that's a pretty high number for the over under on that that i mean because you could i mean if you're at the 34 yard line or you know what i mean like it's it's you better not have done much on your drive you start at the 25 after a kickoff so now if you gain eight yards on the drive now you're like you're the under right you have to score your touchdown before you get any more than like before you get a first down on those drives unless you're getting pinned back by a punt so i do i think there might be like multiple scores of 50 yards or more but i think i think they're both going to be moving the ball enough that i think maybe there's a way where nobody quite has a 67 yarder because the deep bomb or the breakaway touchdown occurred at the 41-yard line. That seems like one that would give you a little bit of a heart attack because you see it happening, somebody breaks loose, and then maybe at like the seven-yard line, that's when they get caught or tripped up. And now you're just sitting there in tears because you almost had money, and then you lost it. I, I will say, I don't know if there's a lot the of guys. <laughs> Go ahead. I was going to say, I don't know, Stephen, if you're familiar with the concept of problem gamblers, but that's what this is about. Like, yeah, it's about chasing that thrill. Like, there's there's people out there, they call them like, um, like roof jumpers, something like that. They go out and they they put like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on like the five to four favorite for horse races or whatever because they're just chasing that thrill. Um, anyway, Doug, I think uh, talking about football, not gambling, you degenerate. The, uh, <laughs> no, w- w- I don't know that many guys in this game are going to get caught from behind. So I think that's one thing because there were, you know, like JK got caught last year, but I'm also with all this big play stuff, you know, I think we're mostly thinking passes and Justin's on the money on deep balls. Like Justin, he missed the one against to Olave last week. And we, everybody was like, what? Because like, he, it's like, you're not a hundred percent on 45 yard throws on the hardest thing to do. Yeah. But they put a stat up. I think he was like six for seven. I mean, he's like 90%. So, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, we were shocked when he misses one. So the idea of like, an Ohio State guy gets behind Alabama's defense and Justin barely overthrows him. Like, that's probably not going to happen. Usually if a guy wins the battle, wins the one-on-one battle, Justin Fields usually drops it on his hands. 
I think this is one of those that if I were actually picking which bets to put my own money on, I would just pass on all of them. But if I were like picking it on an odds sheet, if I were like filling out a, a prop bet sheet at a, a party, maybe some of you are having that kind of party. I think I'd, I'd just take the one that had the better money since it was so close. Um, yes or no for either, either a special teams or defensive touchdown. So yes, there will be a special teams or defensive touchdown is actually plus 150. So they don't expect there to be one. No is minus 200. I would I, probably I think go no. no. I would go, probably no. go no. It's no. I, I don't think um, – special teams, no. I mean, it's just nobody scores special teams touchdowns anymore. And there's too much – there's too much like all the backups on this team who play special teams, they're all fast and, and skilled, and they're not going to – it's not like there's deficiencies there. And then, um, like, if these guys throw picks, they're going to be, like, downfield picks and stuff, yeah. right? It's, I don't know we're going to see. Now everybody can get caught on a zone blitz where a defensive end drops into coverage, right? We've seen that where you don't see the linebacker underneath. That happens. But I don't think that's really an, the M.O. for Justin Fields or Mac Jones. That They might throw picks, but I don't think they're going to. Now, the one thing is, like, a Hask, you know, you get your hands up a little bit. You never know about that. Defense, Haskell Garrett kind of touchdown from, a, you know, a month ago or whatever that was, but um, I don't, I just don't think there's not enough. There's not a chase young in this game. That's going to like do something crazy that forces, you know, grabs her quarterback as he's going down and it forces a weird throw that turns into a pick six. I, I'd say no on this. I say no, but I, maybe there's room for a similar situation given the, the way that Alabama's offense can run out of time and some short passes where it's John Wade or seven banks jumps up, jumps a route. And that's how that's what happened against Indiana, and that's how he got his pick six. I could see there's room for that, but I'm still going to say no because that's rare. Are you surprised that we didn't see Garrett Wilson come closer to breaking one off this year? I know your answer to this, Stephen. Um, but like maybe if they had had a full complement of games and he'd had twice as many opportunities to return punts, maybe especially in some of those early non-conference games, if he could have broken one off, it, it it doesn't seem to be necessarily their approach. I, we should say as much criticism as we gave him for being not that sure-handed and, and making some mistakes there last year, he's been uh, without incident thus far, as far as a punt returner, but we haven't really seen him come close to, to torching one that I can recall. I think, yeah, lack of games. I think if they would have played Illinois or Maryland, Illinois, Illinois or Maryland, oh, I'm working. Is that right? one I'm of your working. new year's resolutions? It is. It is. Resolution. To get that, to get that S off of the Illinois or the Maryland game, I think we would have seen an opportunity for one to show itself just based on field position. Or, yes, if they'd have had the non conference games, but they don't need it either. I mean, they, they're all going to be talking about I mean, we, we talk about it all the time. It's yeah. never going to happen. It, they don't, I mean, it's not even, I mean, it, they don't even try. It's not yeah. even close. It's not like he had a, what's his longest return? Like 17 yards. It's like, oh, he's talented. Yeah, but nobody returns punts anymore. The game's changed. So I'm not surprised. We're going to talk about it next year, too, and someone will make an outrageous prediction about it, and then he'll have – he'll come not even close because – He'll catch it every time. So the, the first score of the game, there's all sorts of things you can bet as far as, like, when the first score will happen and what kind it will be. Um, this is where it's the exact outcome of the first score of the game. An Alabama touchdown, an Ohio State touchdown, an Alabama field goal, an Ohio State field goal, Alabama any other score, Ohio State any other score. So basically safety, right, or I guess a returned – you return conversions for for points, but that wouldn't be the first score of the game. So uh, anyway, Alabama touchdown, the odds are even that that's the first score of the game. So it's by, it's by far and away the favorite Ohio state touchdown plus plus one forty five. either team kicking a field goal is, is basically even Alabama slightly better odds there, 800, 900. And then the, any other score is plus 5,000. But it's interesting to me that again, it kind of plays into 
I mean, we saw this last week. Clemson drove down and scored first series of the game. Like, if Ohio State gets the ball first, you're almost – I think you're almost betting, like, on the coin toss here. Because, like, I think whoever score, gets the ball first scores a touchdown Monday night. And I th- think if – uh, Ohio State deferred in the Sugar Bowl, and I think they defer a lot. Everybody defers. Yeah, yeah everybody yeah, does, yeah. So, yeah, so I, I would probably lean towards Alabama with this one as well. Cause, you know, it's just, yeah, whoever gets the coin toss. I mean, I'd bet the money on Ohio State because Ohio State has the better odds, and we think it's the same thing. We yeah. think whoever gets the ball first, which is literally a coin toss, right. will score a touchdown. But Alabama is like even money on that, and Ohio yeah. State's plus 145, so I'll take Ohio State. Ohio State won the Sugar Bowl in part because of that kind of flurry of scores that it had there in the first half. Will either team score three unanswered times in this game? Yes is minus 400. No is plus 250. I would take the no side of this too. I think this is just going to be such a back and forth game. Yeah, I'm thinking the no. I don't I think, think either de- defense is really – I mean, if they get two stops in a row, it's going to be a huge deal. Yeah. So it just feels like that's not – it's like now that we look back on Clemson, it's like you look, it's like, you know, it's one of those things. It's like Clemson's really good. And Ohio State's defense played an excellent game in a lot of ways. But they just, in comparison to the two teams in this game, they don't have the receivers that these teams do. And in comparison to the two teams in this game, Clemson's offensive line isn't as good. So it's like, all right, well, if you're going to line up these three offenses and say which one of these three offenses is going to have three straight possessions where they don't score – I mean, you would pick the Clemson offense, but I just don't think either offense in this situation is, is going to have that happen. This is the one that I think should be the most offensive to sports writers, and we should want them to take it down. Will the game go to overtime? Yes, plus 800, no, minus 2,000. That's disrespectful. I mean, the deadline's blown anyway. I mean, what's the difference? You're going to file at 12.30 or 1.30? Who cares? It's the difference between doing a, ending our podcast at 6 a.m. or 6.30 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd make the overtime bet for the fun of it because, I mean, you can see, I mean, there have been enough games. It's not going to be 31 nothing. You know, Ohio State-Clemson last year was close enough to be an overtime game. Ohio State-Clemson in 2014, there's a way that could have been an overtime game. Like, like There the, has the, been one. Their things are in place. Right. The Alabama-Georgia National Championship game went to overtime. The things are in place that uh, you could wind up there. So I'd risk the bet on that. I'll make an extra hundred, $800, yeah. That's not how it works. You're going to lose. Well, one, one to 800 yeah. If I put a dollar down and it goes to over, overtime, I made $800. It's plus $800. No, 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 no. You have to bet 100 to make 800 not $1. It's, yeah. Then oh. on the no side of it, you'd have to bet 2000 to make 100 Right. You guys to, hey, hey, audience. But also you're going to lose. But also you're going to lose, so – it's not like, yeah, no. Uh, do I want $800? What's the question? Is the question, does Steven want $800? The answer is yes. It's like, that's not how gambling works. But it's, but it's good. I'm glad that young Steven Means, who's moving up in the world and is, is having things happen in his life, I'm glad that you are not a gambling expert. If Steven was coming yeah. on here and being like, oh, I was looking at some other lines, and I thought I got three and a half points there, and this was, I'd be like, Steven, you're throwing your life away. <laughs> what are you doing? You know too much about this. Yeah. So that's good. Here's one that I think that people who follow in Ohio State might have the inside track on. Team to call the first timeout. It's minus 120 for both teams. I think I would crush Ohio State on this bet. Ryan Day will call a timeout like before the first snap of the game. He does not care yeah. about first half timeouts. Yeah. at all yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> when did he call? I called it on third down in the Sugar Bowl, right? Where we weren't really sure why he called it. Yeah. I'm, I'm Ohio State all the way. I mean, he might call a timeout on the kickoff. Like, he, he does not care mm-hmm. about first-half timeouts. He'd rather have that play lined up than worry about having that timeout right before halftime. That's good. That's good analysis. That's actually like the, that's some of the best football analysis we've had so far of like, if you're actually trying to break it down, but for real, yeah, yeah. like that's an actual reason to bet that Ohio state will call the first time out because I think you're right. And the final one I wanted to talk about national championship game, MVP winner. Who do you this guys is think? The only interesting one, by the way, this list of things, I can't believe there weren't more individual team, individual player things. Why yeah, is there not a, the yeah. first, yeah. first player to score? Why, Why is, is there not? There? I, I want to know the odds on like Jeremy Ruckert, first player to score, like that kind of thing. Or the odds Moore, on Trey Sermon. I mean, they over under. Is he going to come back down the normal, or is he going to keep having 150 yard games? I mean, I did. I did. I was looking because then once we started and there weren't as many, I did find a site that has some over unders on individual players that we could talk about quickly if you want to. But this is this MVP thing is the most interesting thing because there's a guy on this with the odds that he has that I think is the obvious pick. And I think you guys might agree with it, that if I was actually betting money, he's for sure with the odds what I would bet on this. And who would that be? Trey Sermon at 10 yeah. to 1. Trey Sermon, easily. Yeah. I think that's a good one. I think Najee might be a little high, and it's not because he's read, not good. read the odds. Read the odds. We so Mac Jones, talking. Mac Jones is the the has the best odds plus three fifty. Justin Fields plus four hundred. Devontae Smith plus four fifty. Najee Harris plus six hundred, and Trey Sermon plus one thousand. So he's he's the fifth most likely based on their odds. Um, then I think there gets to be some interesting ones because like Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson are both plus sixteen hundred. Jalen Waddle plus sixteen hundred. John Michi sixteen hundred. Uh, they have Master Teague on here, actually, at plus 1,600. Uh, Jeremy Ruckert, plus 2,000. And uh, there's several more that get, like, uh, <laughs> I want to I read some of the interesting ones from the Ohio State side of things. Um, Jameson Williams, plus 3,300. Luke Farrell, plus 3,300. Jackson Smith and Jigma, plus 4,000. Demario McCall, plus 5,000. There you go, Doug. You can smash that one. Uh, Mayan Williams, plus 5,000. Steel Chambers, plus 5,000. That's as far as they go. I mean, find me the find me the person betting money on Steel Chambers to be the national championship game MVP. Trey at ten to one. If you think that like Ohio State, it's going to be a shootout. Everyone's going to throw, but that Trey playing the way he's played is sort of the difference maker for Ohio State. And there is a world where like Justin's really good. He spreads it around in the passing game, and Trey Sermon runs for two hundred yards, and they win. Like there is an absolute path. It's almost like the path that I think a lot of people would say is why they think Ohio State wins. That includes like Trey putting up an MVP-like performance. And then it's just a matter of, well, if Justin throws for like 450, then, then it's Justin. But if Justin throws for like 312 with two touchdowns and one rushing touchdown, but Trey Sermon runs for 203 touchdowns, then like you're in the range where Trey could win it. Because Justin's going to have to be great for them to win. But if the stats aren't quite there for Justin, that he plays great, but the stats aren't – he doesn't throw for 500 yards. I, I like 10 to 1. And that's the thing. 10 to 1 on Trey. That's, I mean, he's not a long shot at all. I know you said he's a fifth choice. I would hit that. I, I thought he might be lower um, just because to some of the things you're saying, I think it might come down with Justin and Trey to who just has the touchdowns. 
because I think they're both going to have the yard production given how we think this game is going to play out. But if they're getting to the red zone and Trey Sermon's finishing off the drive with a touchdown and the difference, if, if that's the difference between that and maybe Justin Fields having a bunch of 20 yard t- passing touchdowns, that could be the difference there. But also with Najee Harris, I just think there's a lot of talent. On, there's a lot more guys to consider with Alabama than I think there are with Ohio State. I like the idea of Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson getting 16 to one here too. I think yeah. those are both interesting choices because either one of them could blow up. Um, I guess you could say the same thing about John Michi on the Alabama side who from the people who were like 20 to one or worse. So that was Rucker, Williams, Farrell, Smith and Jigba, Demario McCall, Mayan Williams, steel chambers. Who would, would, who, would, if you had to bet one of those people, who would it be? I mean, nobody. I mean, give my money to charity. I mean, of course, there's, I mean, there's nobody. What are we supposed to say? I mean, there's, what's the scenario for that? There's none. Uh, there's really none. I, I mean, yeah. I suppose if it's some fluky thing where Jameson Williams catches like two 60 yard bombs or something like that, but uh, no, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. It's why they're 20 to one or worse. Jeremy mm-hmm. Rucker coming off of a two touchdown game is probably yeah. what bumped his odds up as high as they are. It's surprising to me that there's maybe that much of a gap between him and James Williams, Luke Farrell, that that level of guys. I if I'm if I was literally putting money on this game, I think you pick who who do you think is going to win? Pick that quarterback. So I'd probably put three fifty. I'd pick Mac Jones, and Steven should probably pick Justin Fields because that's how these yeah. things go ninety percent of the time. I think. Yeah. No defensive players on this list, by the way. Not even like Patrick Sertain or like some a more well known guy on the Alabama side. Doug, you said you had a list of of some of the other fun ones. Do you want to do a couple of those? Yeah, let's do let's do quick. it after the break. We're gonna take a quick okay. break here. We'll come back on Buckeye Talk. All right, we're back on Buckeye Talk. I think we have uh, a few of these to uh, – I, I tried to find a link here to one that might work, but, Doug, do you have some that have some of the other individual ones? So it's just over-under, so there's no okay. odds on these, but it's over-under. Justin Fields, over-under 305.5 passing yards. Over. over. I'd go over two. Um, let's see. I saw uh, Justin Fields' total passing touchdowns. Over-under is two. Over. I would also go over. Over, yeah, I'd go over. Justin Fields completions, 20 and a half. Over. Over. That's the craziest one to me. Like, I don't – I don't even know. Like, Justin – is Justin Fields going to go 18 for 31? Like, I don't – 20 and a half seems very low to me. Unless I think you, some of like it is – 21 yeah, or 28. Or I think there's oh, – maybe there's a world where – he connects on a bunch of deep balls and it's end up, he'll be 15 for 21, but he has 300 plus yards in the, uh, he was 22 of 28 in the sugar bowl. Right. Which was over yeah. this number. Right. So it's over 20 and a half. So you won on the over in a crazy game where right. he only completed 22, um, rushing yards for Justin Fields, 55 and a half under, uh, I think I'd go under two. I mean, I think there's a chance. I mean, I'll just pop pop one huge one, and then, you know, if he has a 40-yard run, he's probably going over, but I think I'd take the under. Uh, there were definitely some receivers. Uh, Chris Olave. Chris Olave. Guess the over-under for receiving yards for Chris Olave. 95. Yeah, I was going to say, like, 89 and a half. It's 84 and a half. So you guys would both go over for that? Oh, I was trying yeah. to guess what it would be, but yeah, I think I would probably go over. I would go over 84 and a half, yeah. 
I'd go over for him before I did Gary, just because of, you know, how they're used. Trey Sermon over under for rushing yards. What do you think it is? One twelve and a half. I was going to say one twenty-one. I don't know if this has moved. I don't know. It's over that, isn't it? Seventy-eight and a half. What? I don't know an Ohio State person listening to this that would would do anything but bet the over hard on that. I, I don't even know. Were these, were these odds set in November? Yeah. yeah. And even you know, if they that would have been too hot in November. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was that was very uh, that was very surprising to me. Um, Devontae Smith, guess his over under for receiving yards. One thirty-five. Yeah, I was gonna say like one thirty-two and a half. One thirteen and a half. I would just take almost every over. I mean, I think we yeah. all said over for all of Justin's stuff passing. We're over for Trey running. We're over for Devontae Smith passing. Some of these, I mean, if you bet enough of them, you look at all the individual offensive things and you bet eight of them, and they're probably not all going to go over because they're all going to eat each other, but you might go six and two because I think, you know, that's a shootout, baby. So Something's got to be under, though. Like somebody, Something eventually has to go under. But I wouldn't bet, like, one. I'd bet them all. That's what I mean. Like, you're not going to yeah. go eight and no, but you don't have to go eight and no. Right. Go five and three. Go six and two. The All of those, though, I would bet Trey for the MVP at 10 to one, and I would bet over 78 and a half rushing yards for Trey Sermon, and those would be my yeah. my best bet and my best long shot. I mean, what makes no – yeah. What makes no sense about that bet is that bet is that nobody else is going to touch the ball. Like nobody else is going to run the ball for Ohio State, except for Justin Fields, maybe. Right. But like he's going to get 20, 30 carries. So I mean, high twenties into the thirties. So I mean, to only get yeah. seventy-eight yards means you believe something about Ohio, Alabama's run defense that they I don't know have exhibited yet this season. Doug, you had some thoughts on Urban Meyer. I shared some thoughts on what I thought about Urban Meyer because we're getting a lot of uh, questions from texters about, hey, what's this mean? Because there's some um, more things are leaking out that he's farther into discussions with Jacksonville and maybe he's looking at assistant coaches. And I guess my message was maybe he'll take somebody from Ohio State, but somebody's going to leave Ohio State at some point and Ryan Day's got to replace him. That's part of being the head coach. Um, what, what kind of is your take on this? So the reason that everyone really started asking about it is because of what Adam Schefter uh, tweeted right. on Saturday morning. And um, it was about that he is talking to people about staff positions. And the actual tweet was Urban Meyer and the Jags met Friday night on uh, Shad Khan's boat in Florida, but it was not the first time there has been regular communication. Urban has been assembling a coaching staff, including some assistance from the college ranks. Should he decide to become the Jaguars next head coach per league sources? So um, college ranks doesn't mean only Ohio state people. So you have to keep that in mind. And uh, actually one of the texters like sent along a name that like they said, Oh, they heard this from a source at another school. And it, it made like a lot of sense. So just go through, I'm not going to repeat that because I don't have any verification, but you know, you can go through the people urban knows everybody, but he also knows certain people better at certain schools. So listen, it's not going to decimate Ohio state. I don't urban doesn't want to do that, but also you're not going to go win in the NFL by just picking up your old college staff and being like, who's your staff? Oh, it's everybody I coach with in college. It's like, that's not how it goes. So he's got to have some guys. He's never been in the NFL. He's got to have guys on his staff who've been in the NFL. So it might be a couple of Ohio State guys. Mark Pantone and Mickey Marotti are interesting. I think the most interesting thing 
is Pantone and the way that Pantone recently in the last year or so has sort of begun talking about things about being more like the Ohio State general manager than a recruiting coordinator. And he was talking about with all the downtime this year, he started doing more opponent scouting, not just like talent scouting of recruits. The guy knows how to crunch film. The guy knows how to break stuff down. And I don't know. I have not talked to Mark about it or talked to people around Mark. But the idea I wrote last year with Mark that I don't think he was going to leave for a college job. He would not leave to go somewhere else to do the same thing he's doing. Because he has roots here now. His family's here now. But if he has the chance to go do something different, and they're not going to make him the GM, but he could be like the assistant director of personnel or something. And Mark has roots in Florida. Like if that, if it's to go back to Florida for that, and it's like, hey, man, you want to try this in the NFL? You're awesome at what you do in college. You want to try this? I don't know. Urban really likes him. I don't, I'm not, it's not inside info. It's just me trying to analyze the situation. So that's not impossible to me. It's not impossible, but it's also, he very well may stay here for the rest of his career. And for any of these guys, it's not just a job in the NFL. It's a job in the NFL with Urban. It's somebody else. It's somebody that you have a lot of trust in, somebody you have a relationship in, somebody you believe in as somebody who can do this job at a level that few people can. I think that's got to be a factor here too. It's not just rando team calling him up and saying, hey, want to come here and, and maybe try the NFL. It's one of your, you know, uh, somebody who may be a mentor to you or somebody that you have a great respect for trying to telling you, hey, I want to do this, but I need you to come along and help me make it happen. Which is why all these guys followed Urban from Florida. When, right. he, when he came here. That's why they're here. That's why they're at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. So, so I think Mark Pantone is possible. And I don't want to speak about Mark, but they're adults. I don't, you know, people speculate on jobs all the time. It's not talking about an amateur player transferring. That's possible. I think there's plenty of guys on the coaching staff that are possible. And I sent out a lot, a lot of maybes to Texas, and Texas were like, he's taking the whole staff. It's like, he's not going to take the whole staff. He might take a couple guys. He might take a couple guys. I don't know that I'm assuming Kerry Combs is one of them, though. Because Kerry just was in the NFL. Now he, he wasn't a coordinator in the NFL. So now he's back. So is Urban going to make Kerry Combs his defensive coordinator in the NFL? Like, I, I don't think so. Kerry's only been a coordinator for one year. So Kerry just came back from a position coach job in the NFL. So is, if he's not going to be Urban's defensive coordinator, why would he go? Yeah. And he left Urban last time, and he came back with Ryan. So it's not like Kerry and Urban are, t- are t- tied at the hip. I mean, like, I, like I, if you're worried about Kerry, I wouldn't be super freaked out about that. And then you start going through guys. I don't, Larry, I don't think Larry Johnson's going anywhere. I think Larry Johnson's going to retire here. I, I, I can't imagine that. And those are the two guys who are Ohio State fans really worried about. And then Brian Hartline, Brian Hartline's going to be huge, right? I mean, he's going to leave mm-hmm. it. He's, he's great. So Brian yeah. Hartline just has to decide what he wants to do. But Brian Hartline doesn't have to jump with Urban. Brian Hartline could be a receivers coach in the NFL tomorrow, anywhere he wants. I mean, he's a candidate anywhere. He played in the league. He knows guys in the league. He can coach the technical aspect. He's young. He's dynamic. So he has to decide what he wants to do. Huge Ohio State roots. Does he want to go be a, a coordinator, an offensive coordinator in the college ranks? Does he want to go to the NFL? But I don't think Brian Hartline's world changes very much. He didn't play for Urban. I mean, like, it's not like Brian Hartline is super connected to Urban. Brian Hartline played in the NFL, then came back to his alma mater. And then Zach Smith got fired, and they made him the receivers coach. So I wouldn't be freaked out about Brian Hartline. Brian Hartline doesn't need a connection to get to the NFL. So Pantone interests me. 
and I, like the other assistants that you would freak out about the most, I would not be that freaked out about, but there's a bunch of maybes. And I think the guy who probably is the one guy. And again, I don't want to talk out of turn because I haven't talked to anybody about it. Ryan Stamper is a guy who is the player development guy. He is huge with the player relationships here. He was a two-time captain under urban at Florida. He's not a coach here, but he's a football guy who has this player development role here. He's from Jacksonville. He played linebacker for urban at Florida for two years. He's never been a coach here. He's urban's guy. Like, I mean, the people that urban brought Brian Voltolini probably goes with urban, but you can lose the ops guy. You're fine. So maybe you lose stamp and stamp is like behind the scenes. He does a lot of stuff. He's really, he is like a glue guy. Um, and so maybe you lose him, but you get a different glue guy. You're okay. But I just, I, sometimes people, like, it leads me back to, I think people don't like it when they have this conversation. Assistant coaches are not the end-all be-all. Yes, some of them are special. Ryan Day was once an assistant coach. Larry Johnson is special. You missed Kerry Combs when he was gone. But you didn't know Ryan Day from a hedgehog when he got hired at Ohio State, and he was great. Nobody at Ohio State had ever heard the name Jeff Halfley before he got hired last year. Nobody knew him. Nobody knew who Tony Alford was. He's at Notre Dame. He's a running backs coach. You don't know who the running backs coach at Notre Dame is right now. But if Tony Alford leaves, they'll just go hire somebody like that who will be good. So I just, you can't freak out about this stuff. Ryan turned out to be big. You didn't know who he was. He turned out to be a, a, a program changing hire. Nobody knew who Tom Herman was. Tom Herman, I mean, so it's okay. But I just, I... Some people were like, oh, great. This is just what I want to get texted to me. Two days before the national championship game, like Urban Meyer's going to raid the staff. It's like, no, he's not. But also if he does, you're fine. But he's not. But you're fine if he does, but he's not. And most of the – and whoever leaves, guys will be knocking down the door to replace him. Really good guys who want to work here will be knocking down the door. You want your position coaches to be upwardly mobile in college football by and large once in a while you'll get the Larry Johnsons who stick somewhere for a long time for whatever reason maybe they don't get that opportunity maybe they didn't seek that opportunity I don't know but by and large you want guys who are position coaches who want to be coordinators who want to keep climbing the ladder so Ohio State's going to lose position coaches sometimes because they can't keep promoting their own guys to the offensive and defensive coordinator because they have good guys in those spots usually too so that's just part of it it's what's going to happen but it's not something anybody has to worry about certainly before Monday night when Ohio State plays Alabama for the national championship. So, again, Stephen and I will be there. Two names I got to mention before we leave. Okay. One is two that I didn't say yet. One is Urban probably wants the grandkids with him. So, Corey Dennis, his son-in-law, and the father of Urban's two grandchildren. Um, I, I don't know, but certainly seems logical in many ways. I don't think Corey Dennis is going to go be an NFL quarterbacks coach right away, but – just it seems could be logical. Like an assistant to something, yeah. There's plenty. That the NFL sense. has so many assistant assistant coaches. It's it blows your mind. Yeah. And he so, has no time in Ohio State. I mean, he went to Georgia Tech. So, so obviously, uh, and then the other one is the magic word. And I it took me a little while on the text string to get to it, and people were a little disappointed that it took me that long to get to it. But of all the guys that Urban has ever hired, uh, one of them has worked in the NFL for 25 years and is currently an NFL assistant coach. And his problem was that he never should have been a college assistant coach. So if I was say, if I had to bet, if we had an odds list of who's going to 
pick one guy that you would really bet would be on an Urban Meyer NFL staff, it's Bill Davis, who has been in the NFL for 25 years, is currently the linebackers coach for the Arizona Cardinals, and knows he knows he's an NFL coach, not a college coach. And if the guy you've never been a head coach in the NFL in the NFL before, and the best man at your wedding has been in the NFL for 25 years, and now you're going to be a, an NFL head coach for the first time. I mean, you know. So when Luke Fickle, I don't know if they're still best friends, but it was the best man. When Luke Fickle got a head coaching job at Ohio State and he got one hire, he hired his best friend. And that was Mike Vrabel, who was eminently qualified and was like an NFL head coach seven years later. But Urban's never done this. Bill Davis knows what's up. But there'll be other guys. I mean, it's a lot of the people, you know, people say, oh, about Tom Herman for offensive coordinator. It's like, I don't even know. Tom Herman, is that is – that, he wants an NFL offensive coordinator. No, yeah. so, like, I don't think that's going to be it. So, I mean, it's not – you can't take your college staff and go. You can take key people that you trust in key positions and go. But bottom line, Ohio State will be fine. And Urban hasn't signed anything yet. Very true. This so, could all be for naught. But Ohio State will be fine. Regardless. That's going to wrap up this episode of Buckeye Talk. Like I said, Stephen and I are in Miami. We'll be there shortly after you listen to this on Sunday. We'll be there for the game Monday night. 614-350-3315. If you don't already have the text, that's where we'll be texting first about the status update. Anything else we see in Hard Rock Stadium before the game, during the game, we'll be giving you analysis. Uh, we'll be bringing you a podcast after the game. Um, lots of stuff coming on into Tuesday after the game. So uh, cleveland.com slash OSU. We're loading it up. One more game. Here we go. I'm Nathan Baird. He's Doug Lane Reese, and he's Stephen Means. And that was Buckeye Talk. Buckeye Talk.